It's Songs from the Trail on Michigan Radio, coming to you from the Langford Family Studios at WVBI on beautiful Beaver Island, Michigan. I'm Jackson Smith, a touring musician and music enthusiast. And I'm Steve Gerbach, also a musician and co-owner of a music venue in Manchester. This is a show dedicated to and about music in Michigan. In the next hour, we'll explore some new music with you, introduce you to some new artists, and tell you what's been piquing our interest this summer. We'll also have a conversation with Detroit producer and musician, Louis Resto. Uh, on Saturdays, I, I started opening up the doors and playing piano music so people could just enjoy the music uh, wafting out onto the floor. Then it started becoming people would come in, they started jamming with me, and then it became a thing. Believe it or not, there's a little more to this state than Motown, which was great. Motown's fantastic, but there's more to, there's a lot more nuggets if you were out there. Cool thing about this show, often we're discovering this with you. That's something I've I've always enjoyed, you know, back from back when the days when I was a kid, I worked at a record store in New York City and, uh, you know, it was was always so exciting to just dig through. You know, if there's no one in the store, I dig through the bins myself and see what was out there. You know, and you know, days before MP3s and whatnot. <laughs> right? Yeah, we used to have in the Ann Arbor area. We had uh, school kids' records and and Borders books, and they were both, especially school kids, they were really big on. They had a local section. That's where I really started getting the bug on on, on the local vibe. Before we get to some music, just so you know, if there's some Michigan music you think we should know about, send us an email at songsfromthetrail at wvbi.net. On that note, let's dig in a little, Steve. So, yeah, what have you been listening to, Steve? The first artist I wanted to talk about was Bruce Madden. Bruce, West Michigan guy, I think he's out in the Grand Rapids area. And uh, one of the things that I really like about his style, especially in this in this day and age of, you know, everybody's got a recording studio in their basement, right? Mm. You, got, you got auto-tune that you don't really have to be the greatest singer in the world. You know? Yeah. He just has this old school vibe. Uh, everything is uh, recorded to tape, uh, you know, older instruments, uh, amplifiers, uh, that sort of thing. And that kind of vibe just comes across to me is, for lack of a better, the way it should be. Yeah, it really has a... The, the blanket of vintage over the sound, you know, and I, he recorded this at a recording studio called the Goon Lagoon out in Grand Rapids, I believe with a Dick Chicklet. And they just, they have that whole sound nailed down in a way that kind of reminds me of a thing with tough lover by Nick Curran, right? Kind of that whole, that same type of thing. They just really get how to 
create a vintage sound in a authentic way rather than a, a plug-in or right a, uh, exactly you know it just reminds me of like an old chess record you know artist from back in the day It's a, it's really hard to um, in, the, in this day and age. You see on the internet, especially, everyone's obsessed with just being very technical in their playing. Very, um, I hate to use the word clinical, but it it does come up a lot in this day and age. And um, you know, you listen to these folks, and they sound like they're they could be players out of an era from two, three, four decades ago. They, they have that vibe. But then also, there's, you know, Bruce uh, does put his own t- twist on this. I think, I, th- I think he calls what he does alternative blues, and there's also kind of a cool heaviness to this. His vibe is just amazing. It really is. It's, uh, it's old school, but with his own uh, twist on it. <laughs> So, Jackson, how about you? What are you listening to? Well, Steve, you know, I, I was going to um, talk about an artist uh, uh, that that I have loved for many years and might be familiar to some hardcore Michigan music fans, but uh, you know, in a broader sense, I don't think enough people know about these guys. The uh, Great Lakes Myth Society. There's a crack in the road And a scar that runs down Yeah, you know, I, I first heard them. I was playing in rock, rock and roll bands in uh, in Detroit in the uh, early early two thousands, and you know everything was just you know just basic three chord rock, and you know everyone had the cool clothes, and the haircuts, and the big amps, and whatnot. And personally, I was always into um, you know music like I'm. You know, might have might have surprised people at the time, but I always really liked songwriters like Gordon Lightfoot, yeah. people like that. And then, uh, you know, just I, I enjoy a little bit more complex songwriting for my personal listening. So when I first heard these guys, I was uh, at the Magic Stick, and they come out, and there they are. They had um, it was uh, the the Monger Brothers, Jamie, Jamie and Tim, Tim Monger. They're um, they're two of the songwriters, and then there was also um. Greg McIntosh, who's an unbelievably great guitar player. I, I dare say one of the most underrated guitarists in Michigan. And then uh, there was Jay Scott McClintock on bass and um, and Fido, Fido Kennington on drums. Um, and, 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 you know, they, they come out, they're doing these songs with, like, complex but relatable changes, multi-part harmonies. Um, but the really cool thing that blew me away once I started listening to lyrical content, they were playing all songs about Michigan. Car parts and cream corn, Indian copper and rain. 
Calumet basements had old ghosts. Snowshoes and salt pork, blackberry brandy and old smoke. Red jacket miners had sore throats. Tim Longer had written a song, uh, the, the grand finale of the album, called Lake Effect, and it's just all about you know Michigan Im- Michigan imagery, and it has this really cool break in the um, middle. Uh, and it's actually the Mongers brothers' parents reading off names of uh, Michigan shipwrecks. Oh, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> And uh, what's really cool, yeah, they they did do another um, another record after the self-titled album called Compass Rose Bouquet, which continued the theme of great Michigan imagery. Um, I discovered later they actually had two other albums with the same musicians under a previous name called the Original Brothers and Sisters of Love. And uh, <laughs> the name that name kind of surprised me, but. <laughs> But, you know, the songwriting was very much the same, um, especially the second record they did under um, that name. It was called Homes, which stood for Huron, Ontario, Michigan, Erie, and Superior. Those are all, correct me if I'm wrong, Great Lakes names. My word, they are. (laughs) But... This is Songs from the Trail. Louis Resto is perhaps best known as a music producer from Detroit who worked closely with rapper Eminem. Louis accepted the Academy Award for himself and Eminem in 2003 for the song Lose Yourself off the 8 Mile soundtrack. And he did it in style, in a gray tuxedo jacket over a red Detroit Pistons jersey. This all goes to Marshall. I'm privileged to be involved with this song along with my co-writers and friends, Jeff Bass, Marshall Mathers, who couldn't be here. But beyond his Oscars and Grammys for producing, Louis is also an accomplished musician and producer. Uh, he's our guest, Mr. Louis Resto. How are you, sir? Hey, good. Uh, glad to be here. Oh, we appreciate it. Now, now you know, Louis, you have such an uh, ex- extensive uh portfolio if you will of the discography of work you've worked with a wide range of artists people like you know Eminem of course uh Nicki Minaj uh, Jay-Z and then uh but then other artists like the Highwaymen Stevie Nicks uh, Martina McBride but you know I wanted to talk to you today about your own music and you know long before you were working with all these big stars 
uh, going back uh, to the early 80s, you, you started working in Detroit with uh, Don Was and Was Not Was. And uh, the one I really wanted to ask you about was Michael Henderson, who I believe used to play with Miles Davis. Oh, yeah. It, it was um, one of the greatest first experiences I think someone could have. It was uh, a guy I admired listening to uh, playing with Miles on the Jack Johnson uh, a tribute album, especially. Uh, he, Billy Cobham, and Miles. Um, great grooves, and I used to listen to it in the night while I uh, through the night while I was working on my synthesizers at the time. We were all in a fusion, my brothers and I, and um, so it was an amazing thing to actually work with him in the studio. And uh, at that time, he was uh, cutting a song of the Boone Brothers, the Boone family, called "We Are Here to Geek You Up." And uh, oh, it, was, it was just uh, some of my earliest training of learning how to play funk lines. And uh, Michael would come into the uh, main console room where I was cutting a bass line and just to kind of throw a variant and he'd go okay now play it backwards and uh, <laughs> I had never thought of that and, and it was you know it really established a lot of my approaches to to uh, playing in the studio just uh, kind of throwing throwing wrenches into the situation to be able to go to a different path you know and um, it was it was a great experience it, it was it was really cool I never knew this about you. Your grandmother uh, uh, play, was a pianist, and she played along to silent films. Yes, she did. And uh, it, that was really the first experience I had of hearing live music. We, um, all our relatives were in Puerto Rico. My mom and dad met here at U of M, and we, uh, they decided to raise us here in Garden City. So we'd go uh, back to Puerto Rico every summer and visit our relatives. And Beba, my grandma, would play um, danzas at the piano. And uh, I, think, I think you can hear this on this mic. Uh, it, she played this song, Miguelito, accompanying my uh, grandfather. And the danza goes something like this. left hand of hers was just, you know, um, relentless, you know. And, you know, she was I wish I could do that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, well, I, I heard you do that with your uh, MIDI guitar. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was some of the first experiences I had of listening to live people playing music, uh, live music being played by people. Um and uh, it's it's stuck with me for for my life, you know. Have you felt the culturally like the influence of uh, music from uh, Puerto Rico in in your uh, in your music as you've gone on your journey over the years? Yeah, I you know I think there's always an undertow of that Montuna, uh, uh, if not uh, concretely heard in the music. Uh, a Montuna is uh, what you hear in salsa grooves.
it's this rhythm that just is like a motor, you know, for the dancers to dance uh, all night long. And that's the Mantuna. Uh, actually, I think it might be pronounced Mantuno, but uh, I, I always said it Mantuna. Um, and uh, under the, the elements of the Mantuno is uh, the Kunga, Bongo, the Tumbao, and uh, then the Clave, you know, ba, 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 ba. There's a 3-2 clave, 2-3 clave, which I still don't uh, have right. But I always hear that kind of kunga rhythm uh, uh, underneath any rhythm that I, whether it be rock and roll, funk, or whatever, you know. So, yeah, I, I'd have to say that that's sort of always in, in the back of my head, where, often when it comes to rhythm. So, Louis, I want to, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the interview, a lot of the reason we have you here is to highlight your own music. And I wanted oh, to um, make a request. It was, you know, the first song I ever heard of yours that was you uh, was your song Effigy. That song came from... Uh, bit of a tough time but it's such a beautiful song like can you tell us a little bit about your inspiration there yeah it's you know came from my uh, first marriage and it's um i think a lot of great art comes from some some pain that that you, you deal with in your life It's love and pain, you know. I, I think it's, it all gets in there, and uh, it's in the lyrics. Uh, Don't burn my effigy. It's, uh, and, um, you're hoping that uh, things can come around so that uh, you can continue to do that search that people do between each other. And it's, it's, it was cool after doing the tune. Um, I got to do a shout-out for Andalisi. She played it on WDET quite a bit. and it, uh, Love, Ann. It was interesting that uh, she chose that, you know, and so it, it must have connected on levels with other people listening to it. And it's, uh, yeah, like, like I said, I, I, you know, I definitely wrote from uh, different emotions that moved me. And uh, that was, that moved me to write that one, Effigy.
And you're joining us on Songs from the Trail. We're here with our guest, Mr. Louis Resto. There he is. <laughs> and, um, you know, we were talking about some of his other music. He had a song called Olivia he wrote for his daughter. And, Louis, there's a really cool video of you on uh, YouTube playing that song on a church organ. And I think it was... Oh, that's what you're talking about. Okay, yes. That, yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. I, I got to look at that one up again. You said it was a St. Francis Church in Hamtramck? It was, yeah. I was prepping for a show that they did, and I'm blanking on the name now, but it was pre-COVID, February of 2020, and um, they wanted to uh, kind of expand the horizons of... Uh, do you remember the festival? I'm, I'm just blanking on it. Mm. It is Hamtramck Music Festival. Yeah, it was, yeah that, that's right, the Hamtramck yeah. Music Festival. And um, yeah, they asked me to play, and I uh, played with my uh, colleagues Pate Jassy and Salar Ansari. And it was it gave me the opportunity to work with this organ for like a couple of weeks leading up, and it was just wonderful. I mean, they are just amazing instruments. play a lot of instruments uh, other than other than keys yeah you know um i mean keys definitely are are my comfort zone and forte but it was gigging um that took me to taking up well i love the bass so i can't say it was because of gigging but it certainly was lighter than a fender Rhodes to be taking out and uh so i was you know i started doing some uh weddings and stuff uh doing bass and bass really became my second I can strum some guitar and, you know, uh, play a little groove on drums. But synths, synths and pianos are definitely, definitely my go-to. <laughs> I have to bring up just uh, just because it blew me away. You uh, showed up at a gig uh, one time with a a MIDI accordion. Oh, okay. You see, <laughs> I, I I never consider the or- accordion separate from the other keys, and it is because everyone does comment and go, "Oh, you play accordion too." So it does take a little bit because the left hand isn't a straight keyboard. It goes down in fourths and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's um, it, that was a cool uh, accordion too. That was a Roland uh, FR7, and you had MIDI on it and all these crazy sounds. It was wild. And uh, then a regular accordion is a beautiful axe too. Uh, Joe Zawinul of Weatherport used to call the accordion the acoustic synthesizer. You know, because you could get all these different settings on it and stuff. Well. You know, I'm I'm wondering. I don't I don't want to put you on the spot, Louis, but it, would it be possible? I hear the piano in the background. Would it be possible for you to play something for us right now? Oh sure. I you know Olivia is one of my favorite tunes. It's written after my daughter Olivia, and um, I wrote this in California, and it's a real pretty melody. And I I you know it's uh, some tunes kind of hold the test of time. You know when you write them and. This one has. So I'll play that. I'll play Olivia for you.
was beautiful. That was great. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, Olivia must be real proud to have a have a have a beautiful piece like that written for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she likes it when when she hears me play it. I gotta ask you. I saw a video uh, of you, uh, Louis, where you had. Uh, a space, a studio space above a cheese shop in uh, Eastern Market areas. Is that still a thing? Oh yeah, you know it's. I what can I say? I, I kind of blank out. Uh, that's it's a major thing, really. It's it's kind of a a main thing for oh. me. There is no place like Detroit in terms of feel and in terms of influence. Gospel and rock and funk. The story of the city, really, and the culture, work ethic, the struggle. Let's see, we, we've been there now, I'm, I'm going on 10 years, being in on the third floor of DeVries Cheese Shop in Eastern Market. I came there uh, in 2011. Uh, I was working with Michelle Andonian, this great photographer uh, in, in town. And uh, we were doing projects together, and uh, she said, you know, I think it'd be a great idea. David DeVries is reopening. Uh, it, the building was the old uh, R. Hurt building, which has been there forever. Um, so she thought it would be a good idea to rent the half of the third floor. And I kind of thought she was crazy at the time, but the, she showed me the space, and I go, yeah, you know, let's, let's try it. So it began there as a workspace for us. I continued on with it. And it's, it's been going ever since and across the years. Uh, on Saturdays, I, I started opening up the doors and playing piano music so people could just enjoy the music uh, wafting out onto the floor. That then evolved, that started at the holiday season, the first Christmas that I was there. Then it started becoming people would come in and there was a drum set set up because my purpose when I was there before all this began was to be able to capture, well, just like I played you the, the, you know, the andomo here next to the piano. Um, any ideas that might come up, uh, I, w I like to capture that in the Pro Tools. So I had everything mic'd up. I had a drum set out. I had a set of vibes out. I had a, uh, a bass amp so that I could just walk over to anything and have things going and hit record and go. And then people started to come in. They started jamming with me. And I always loved to jam. I always loved to play. And then it became a thing. There is there is something in the music here that I cannot explain. It's it's a, it's a feeling of freedom and rhythm at the same time because rhythm is discipline and freedom is the opposite. But when they come together, it is this insane dimension that I just can exist in it, you know. Oh, this is this is the best one. This is like one of the best decisions you ever made. <laughs> Getting this place. I mean, you can you can tell it's like a room of music of every sort, of every kind, how old. I mean, he's a master of getting vintage instruments. So when you walk in, you feel that vintage feel <laughs> from the room and from the instruments and from the sound. It's, it's very cool. And uh, people would come in on Saturdays, and then we started doing performances, uh, and uh, people would come to those. It's a small space, but you could fit like 50, 75 people in. Very intimate, and it's a great vibe in it. Have you been there, Jackson? No, I, no, I have not. Oh, man. It's, it, at some point, you got, you got to come down. And, uh, I've heard great a, things. It, it is. It's, it's just it's a great, uh, very conducive vibe for music and for, for performance, really. Uh, we did um, uh, 
some interlocking performances there with the, uh, the comparative arts, which mixes uh, multimedia with dance, uh, with uh, uh, perf- uh, music. And uh, so, yes, it, and then uh, the last like three or four years, we gave it a name, uh, Feeder Loft, and that comes from my love of birds. Um, Nicola, uh, she knows how much I go out in the backyard, you know, fill up the feeders and uh, put the squirrel cobs out and stuff. And, and she goes, uh, yeah, why don't you call it uh, the feeder, you know, because you kind of nurture uh, musicians who come through. And I go, oh, that's cool. And so we called it Feeder Loft. And uh, at some point, maybe it'll be a nonprofit of sorts. But at this point, uh, my I would call him my partner, Salar Ansari, uh, is at the helm. Uh, it was just very simpatico, and uh, we get along great. And he really runs the studio when I'm gone. So it uh, a lot of his friends come and record in Finkelstein, uh, uh, Raphael Staten, and um, yeah, folks around Detroit that I've come to know via Salar now. And uh, it's it's been it's been a great place, and obviously COVID kind of takes away the performance aspect uh, to a large degree for the public to come. But you know, eventually this mm-hmm. will pass too, and we'll we'll be back in some other you know phase of all this. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we're all hoping for. So, uh, Louis, I really have been wanting to ask you about um, when the song uh, "Lose Yourself" that you worked on with Eminem won an Academy Award. I've it was you that accepted the Academy Award, if I recall, was it not? It, it was me by <laughs> default. You had quite the uh, outfit. Yeah, the Detroit, <laughs> oh, the, yeah. Detroit well, Pistons that, that jersey. From, <laughs> yeah, that I think was it was great. a Grand Hill. I, I know nothing about sports <laughs> other than that night. Um, you know, um, we had gotten nominated for it. We didn't think we would get it. Not, not a chance to get it. So Marshall didn't want to be sitting in the audience when we lost. Uh, Jeff, the other, the main composer on it, really is. Uh, he had just uh, had a baby boy, um, maybe a week before, and then the Iraq War had uh, started, uh, like the Thursday before. They had even considered canceling the Oscars. So I was there beca- uh, because I just figured I wasn't going to miss it, and so I was the only one there. Went with my oldest brother Tito. Uh, he is, uh, he was a plastic surgeon in Vegas, and it gave him the. Uh, of a lifetime <laughs> and so uh yeah uh, i was getting ready to go and i had i brought up a pretty extravagant suit i would say if you've seen um stop stop making sense with david byrne uh, the old talking heads movie and uh he comes out in this ape outfit uh, it's like kind of made out of uh, sod grass sod and the shoulders are really big pretty bizarre looking so i had a, a suit from my friend paul nowinski you know paul of Jack. course yeah though. and um Incredible upright bass player. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, he gave me these suits that he got in Thailand. Really shiny, really bright. And this was bright red, you know, uh, bright purple red. And so I thought it was cool and kind of off the wall. Don sees it and goes, ah, you know, let, let me give you something else. And I don't, you know, I, I don't have any fashion sense in the first place, you know. <laughs> so um, we go up to his room. He goes to his closet and he pulls out something like Richie Sambora's uh, boots, Mick Jagger's jacket, um, then uh, Ringo Starr's star shirt, which Ringo Starr had given him uh, on his second visit to the Grammys. Don had won producer of the year with Bonnie Raitt, nick of time. And then next year he goes, uh, Ringo gives him the star shirt for luck. He doesn't wear it and he doesn't win the producer. So he gives it to me. 
to to wear and says maybe it'll give you better luck you know <laughs> and uh the last thing that he uh throws at me was that grand hill detroit piston shirt and he goes man if for some reason you guys win detroit will remember you forever you know so I put it on, and that's what you see. And it got uh, voted like, you know, the worst dressed uh, in about three magazines. You know? I, was, I was along with many others. I wasn't the only one. But, yeah, you know, and my hair was very long at the time. You know, same as when I had worked with your mom. It was, it was down. You pulled it down kind of to, to my my waist. And uh, it was dark, dark black then. And, uh, yeah, the, that was my outfit for the night. And um, we won it. From 8 Mile. Lose Yourself, music by Eminem, Jeff Bass, and Luis Resto, lyrics by Eminem. And the Oscar goes to... Woo! The Oscar goes to Eminem, Jeff Bass, and Luis Resto for Lose Yourself from 8 Mile. And it was, it was completely surreal, absurd. Um, when they announce it, you know, I go up to get it, and it's Barbara Streisand, and the only things that were going through my head was um, earlier in the day, I had been with Don and his son Anthony. When his son Anthony was three, I used to do Pratt Falls, like Jerry Lewis Falls, and <laughs> throw myself into a wall and stuff. And, and I told him, you know, if we went, I'll trip, you know, I'll trip for you. <laughs> so that's the first thing I'm thinking. I'm going, am I going to do it for Anthony? And then I'm looking at Barbara Streisand, and between that thought and going, ah, oh, but then I'll have to get back up, so too much trouble. And then Barbara Streisand, who I had played so many weddings and so many of her songs, you know, memories, feelings, people, and I went, this is too weird, you know? I, I played all these songs that uh, she's about to give me this uh, statue, and when I'm coming across, you know, I mean, you can see if you look at the YouTube, she kind of gives a certain certain facial thing like she's in disbelief and when i was coming at her across the stage she, she says, are, are you louise resto <laughs> yeah yeah that's me <laughs> oh my this all goes to marshall um i'm privileged grateful to be involved with this song along with my co-writers and friends jeff bass marshall mathers who couldn't be here it's a great thing working with Marshall day in, day out. He's creative. He um, has symphonies in his head that I'm privileged to put on the tape. He's a good man, good heart. Yeah, and that's it, yeah. So, Louie, we're getting toward the end of the show, and, you know, I thought a great way to take it out might be, uh, might be with your, your song, We Called It A Day. And, uh, you know, I wanted to... Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind that song? <laughs> Well, where do you think I'm going with this? Well, Let's see. We, man, can, I, we, I, call, we call it and it can be taken in many ways. We can talk at the end of an uh, interview program such as this, or end of a phase of life, or, well, you can just use your imagination. Yeah, it's, it's same, same stuff, man. Well, same, I, same, same pool. Well, I, I, I sure know how to pick them, though. <laughs> 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 Awkward. <laughs> but, no problem. I really, I don't have, a, I don't have any issue with it. It's, uh, it, it is, it is, it is that. I just That's picked this. Well, you know, because I, I really enjoy this song. Um, well, Louis, we want to thank you very much for your time and uh, joining us on the trail. 
And, um, you know, on that note, we're going to send you out with a We Called It A Day. We Called It A Day by Mr. Louis Resto. Thanks for having me here, you guys. It was a blast, and this should segue perfectly in tune to that song. Cow, cow, but you said it might as well be me It's a 
small pants on the back And a quilt has more warmth than body heat Where kisses can be blown to save a walk across the room And trading smiles saved for the one with a tiny Restos, perhaps best known as a music producer from Detroit. Louis is also an accomplished musician and composer. So, Steve, what else have you been listening to this summer? Well, it's a little bit out of my uh, my element and probably going to be a surprise to you, Jackson, but there's an uh, artist uh, formerly from Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, named Rick Chime, C-H-Y-M-E. I'm the type of person who prefers to make it happen. I'm the type of person who thinks too much. I'm the type of person unconcerned with just reacting. I'm the type of person who thinks too much. You know me, but do you really know me? He's a well of inspiration, always happy when performing. Haven't seen him in a while now. I'll bow when the time is perfect. Lately, haven't been performing. I was taking it for granted, now it's vanished. I was feeling overwhelmed, but now I'm famished. Starving for some minutes on a stage. Funny how protective factor can flip to risk in a death. It just struck a chord with me. I, I really liked his message and a lot of his uh, music. It just seems to be very uh, inspirational and, and uplifting. I was digging um, digging into some of his catalog because this was my first time hearing of him. And um, but just really well done. Just the quality of the recording and the production, I got to say, is top tier. Like, this, you, you would... You would hear production of this level on, you know, in Top 40 radio easily. Great Lakes, it's a Michigan brew. Foundation laid in Kalamazoo. You tune into the show. Lay these tracks fast, case soon I take my last gas. Collected thoughts by Mr. Now, some of that lyrical, uh, that lyrical uh, content and imagery, um, you know, about missing 
missing time on stage and like having things taken away, you know, I, for, for myself as a musician and probably for you as well, Steve, as a, uh, as a uh, um, proprietor of a uh, small independent venue in uh, Manchester, Michigan, you know, we really did have all that taken away yeah. as for on the performing front. You know? Yeah, real re- quickly, very quickly, and it's slowly recovering, as you know, but uh, not fast enough for anybody, really. But very impressive, just with the uh, ly- lyrical content, the vocabulary of it. I mean, I, 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 I read and being referred to as a, a, a poet, and it, it really is poetry. Yeah, it is, and I and I really like on uh, uh, many of his recordings, he uses uh, you know, organic instruments. A couple years ago made passes like elderly quarterbacks My game was a lot of whack For some reason you still came back Your energy is unbridled Don't need those five-hour energy drinks There's something I can't describe That I sort of don't really even think I want to be you really feel you feel that you know because yeah, I've I've nothing against electronic instruments at all myself, but I do think it adds to any music, pop music, hip hop, country, anything. If you can have the feel of real people behind uh, the instruments playing the instruments, you know, it, it just it, it adds that extra little something. It's always cool to hear it in hip hop. Like I said, I'm a bit old school. I dig it. I like to hear a guitar. I like drums. I like, you know, a, a bass. Yeah. Jackson, how about you? What are you listening to? Well, Steve, I, w- I wanted to play uh, play an artist that uh, was a bit of a surprise for me. You know, I was um, I got a message from a good friend of mine, Mary Lattimore, who's a harpist. I just get this message in my inbox. You got to check out my friend Rosalie, and I think you'll really like her music. And uh, Mary, boy, were you right! so up my alley uh, Rosalie had a record uh, come out in uh, May of this year called No Medium and you know just from the first track the way it opens up I love that vibe you ever hear something you get that feeling you know the hair stands up on your arms you know you feel it in the center of your chest you know and it, I got that feeling that, that first track mouth right out of the gate and her, you know her voice just Gets you right, right in the feels, as the uh, kids say. I'm just taken by the quality of it, the tastefulness of the plane, the. Uh, instrumentation and again just the glue throughout it is her voice because you you have some songs like the uh, piano ballad waited all day it's a, a bit more on the tender side Feel the amplitude of my solitude 
that to uh you know another song on the record called pour over ice where you get some very aggressive fuzz guitar a little rocking rocking number such an eclectic uh, range of styles and that range of styles with her gluing it all together yeah. and it's uh, it it's just really good i again i highly recommend putting a set of headphones on when you listen to us because it's so well produced and there's so much going on uh, you know, she uh, wrote wrote these songs in uh most of them in 2019 she had a two-week residency in the hills of south carolina as she says in the old, old farmhouse and uh, she said she experienced supernatural events and faced her own deep demons in the deepest darkness wow it sounds like um like a novel in the you know, on the description on the front that's very, very exciting but you know what Whatever she had to do in that uh, in that farmhouse, it yeah. paid off. Cause, she did uh, it well. Yeah. We have just a few minutes left in this hour of songs from the trail, and we'd like to give you a song to go out on. And you wanted to bring to the table an artist who uh, was a friend of mine, friend of yours, and if you knew him out there, he'd be a friend of yours too. Jim Roll, uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan. Uh, he's a, uh, a Chicago transplant. Uh, probably more well-known for being the go-to recording engineer, and he's a sideman in uh, several other artist projects. But it, 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 he, in his own right, he's, I feel, just a, a brilliant artist. And he's probably has four or five of his own recordings in 2002, he put out a, uh, a recording uh, called Inhabiting the Ball, and it was a collaboration with a couple of novelists, uh, Rick Moody and uh, Dennis Johnson. Uh, they wrote the lyrical content, and Jim performed the music and uh, and wrote the music. Um, ironically, in 2002, Amazon voted it one of the uh, 10 best recordings Wow, I, I wonder if uh, I wonder if Jeff Bezos had that on his playlist when he went up went up to space. It'd be a good ride for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yes, for sure. But this is a song I I, I don't know. It, it, it hit home with me. It's called uh, like I said. It's off his inhabiting the ball recording. It's called you. You were as blind to me as your footprints last Friday. I saw you dancing with that girl who wasn't me.
I snuck out the side door And I leaned on that old box And I swear I saw you At the end of every street His uh, 2002 release, Inhabiting the Ball. With that, it's time for us to say goodbye. My name is Jackson Smith. And I'm Steve Gerbach, and this is Songs from the Trail. This show was produced by Michigan Radio. Thanks as well to program director Zoe Clark. Thanks to WVBI on Beaver Island, which broadcasts our show every weekend from the middle of Lake Michigan. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Songs from the Trail. And if you'd like to see a list of the music you heard today, visit michiganradio.org. Our theme song was written and recorded by yours truly, me, Jackson Smith. And until next time, Steve, see you on down the trail. Adios. Adios.